Who knew that humility and authority were cousins? The truth is there is no valuable growth that we can experience absent of humility. And it's almost impossible to recognize the right kind of authority that we need to practice within our relationships and whatever environment we're in if we haven't yet been humbled. These things work together for our best interest and the culture it creates within our homes is incredible. Welcome to Blended. I am your host, Jeremiah Wallace, and my goal is to see blended families thriving. If you are navigating this experience, then you're in the right place. This podcast is purposed to provide support, information, and the encouragement that we need to fulfill our family's potential. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back, Blenders. I hope you guys are doing great. I am doing fantastic, and I'll be doing even better within the next couple weeks. My wife and I will be celebrating our eight years of holy matrimony. And some of you may be like, oh, eight years. Oh, they're they're cute. No, dude, this is this is legit. This is worthy of celebrating. I love that woman. I love our relationship. I love the life that we have together, our family, and just everything that God's doing in the midst of it, what he's doing in and through us. It's incredible. And for some reason, like I'm super excited for year number eight. I can't put my finger on it, but I am looking forward to spending some time and just getting past that threshold. I feel like there's something special on the other side of eight years. I don't know. You guys, you guys can let me know, but we want to do something fun. We want to record an episode whereby we are answering eight questions for each year that we have been married. So if you guys can go on to navigatingtheblend.com, you can contact me from there, or you can follow me on Instagram via navigating the blend and leave a message with a question or two, whether it's something that you're going through, whether it's something that you just want to hear from us, a fun story, whatever advice, we got you. But thought that would be a fun recording and a a great way to celebrate what's happening in our relationship. After all, we are all in this together and that's becoming so much more apparent with more people engaging in this podcast. It's being shared and people are finding a community and a subject matter that is so personal for them. It makes all the difference in our lives. So I'm glad to be a part. I'm glad again that we are in this together. So concerning today's episode, we are going to revisit the creating culture in the home and we're going to zone in on the concept of practicing humble authority. And that sounds like a bit of an oxymoron, humble and authority based on how we generally interpret or define those terms separately. But together, they become this powerful way in which we establish, we build and we strengthen the culture in our home. If you can look to a family that you admire and you like the Huxtable type folks and they're just like, Parents in love, kids are happy and healthy. There's a bunch of laughing going on. 
the blinds are always open because they're letting the sun in. And this is actually who these people are, whether behind closed doors or out in public. I can almost assure you that they are practicing humble authority within their homes because it moves us toward health and the best version of ourselves personally, as well as functioning as a family collectively. But this process oftentimes starts with checking our definitions. So as I mentioned, for some of us, humility and authority, it feels like a bit of, again, an oxymoron, like they are on opposite ends of the spectrum. But that is not entirely the case. Generally, when we think of humility on the surface, it's just this lowly approach and it can come off as weak and passive, like the humble person is someone that can be manipulated, used, or abused, and there will be no consequence as a result. That's a fairly extreme version of what humility represents for people, but some people kind of believe that that's what it consists of. And on the other hand, you have authority, and for some, that comes off as aggressive abuse of power based on position and people potentially suffering because this individual or these people are mishandling their position and the authority that they have in the lives of people, whether it they are parents, whether they are CEOs of a company or great influencers. Again, another fairly extreme example of what people believe authority is, but there is this conviction to a degree. I feel like all of us are familiar with whether humility or authority functioning in those capacities, at least a little bit. And while we can just open up uh, Webster's dictionary to literally get the definition of either of these terms, I think because they will function in our lives in different ways. I think it's important that, yes, let's get familiar with the dictionary. Let's know what we're talking about when we're when we're addressing these subjects or these terms. But it's important for us to look inward and be like, OK, what does this mean for me? What can this potentially look like when I am exercising humility, when I am using my authority? What does that look like? So I did not go to Webster's Dictionary. I generally know what these terms mean, but I wanted to find out for myself. So I did some introspection. That's a word. (laughs) And I defined the both of these terms for myself. So I defined authority as moving forward or making decisions with the best interest of others in mind to the best of my ability with the information available to me. So pretty much what that means is with the information that I have, because a month from now, I will have more information than I do in this given moment. But with the information I have, I'm making the best decisions that I'm capable of. And I am considering the interests of others, because if I am exercising authority and it's compromising the interests or the best interests of other people, especially those within my household, I am not properly using my authority. And the really incredible thing that I am continuing to realize is the fact that 
authority and humility are so closely intertwined. Like when I find myself mishandling my authority, like using it in a way that can harm other people by causing discouragement or confusion, or I'm just being controlling and uncivil within my relationships. When that is the case, humility is nowhere to be found. And that brings me to how I defined humility in operation. And for me, that would be functioning in a way that keeps my instinct of preserving myself from interfering. So, for example, I mentioned being controlling and uncivil at times. And whenever that is the case, I am preserving myself in one way or another. For example, when I'm being controlling, for me, it's a bit of a defensive mechanism. I picture myself, and this is something I do regularly, and I'm learning. I'm, I'm going through my process. Okay, take it easy. But I sometimes I follow my kids around. I'm just like, dude, just clean up after yourself. Just pick up. And I'm doing that because I don't want to come to a point of frustration when I find myself when they're gone somewhere or they're no longer in the vicinity. And you know how it is. This is parents when your child leaves a mess and they have no recollection of ever doing it in the next 30 minutes. So it's like I have to I have to catch you now. (laughs) because when I accuse you of this thing that actually happened, you're going to look at me like I'm a psycho. What are you talking about? What are you saying, father? You're, you make no sense. I never did such a thing. And then there's just this cycle of hysteria and psychosis that I experienced. So what I want to do is get ahead of that. I want to prevent that. So sometimes I stalk my children. I'm just like, dude, (laughs) you did it. Okay. You did it. We were there. We all, we were all there for it. And I need you to pick up after yourself. So that exercising of control is me almost just trying to fend off the guy that will come to fruition in the future. This frustrated individual who is not going to be the nicest with his children. Okay, or if I'm being uncivil, then I am also trying to preserve myself. And it's more of a reaction because I am likely offended when I'm just being a butt or just exercising a level of frustration or have a certain tone with people. And, you know, among those people can be the wife as well. Something happens toward me, whether they did it or too much life is just happening at once. So I am just lashing out and I'm not being the happiest or most pleasant individual. And we tend to take this out on those that we love the most, those that have the most grace toward us. So that form of preservation is almost like, hey, I'm going to hit you first before you hit me, essentially. And again, what authority looks like, what humility looks like for you in operation based on your personality type and uh, just how you function in general, your operational definition of both of those terms may look entirely different. And I challenge you to take the time to define what that means for you. If you need to hit up Webster first, go ahead and do that and then take a moment to, to like really do the introspection and say to yourself, hey, what does humility look like? What is authority look like? Because they are 
absolutely essential when it comes to our family. And guess what the kicker is? This family dynamic is going to create and present countless opportunities for you to be humbled and for you to learn what it means to behave as an authoritative figure in your home and within your relationships. And some of you, including myself, are like, dang it. I'm like, dude, I I feel like I'm a, I've been on the humble train and I'm just ready to get to my stop and we're not going to arrive anytime soon. Like we stay on the humble train and what's really cool, something to look forward to. And I, I've seen it come to fruition for myself that as we are invested in our process and as difficult as it may be. We agree with whatever humility needs to transpire in our heart. We accept that. And as a direct result of being humbled, what practicing authority is actually supposed to look like and consist of becomes a lot clearer. And I say that because there are many of us exercising authority, but we're doing it improperly. And this can be seen even in our relationships. For instance, if our spouse brings an issue or something that they're going through to our attention, exercising authority could literally look like sitting there and allowing them to express themselves because of the position that you hold in their lives, that position of authority. They're actually able to process what's transpired and they're better for it. They kind of deconstruct the whole situation and they can make decisions based on what they shared with you. And you didn't really, really do anything. And while another relationship exercising authority looks like giving constructive criticism, not just to the situation, but even to your spouse, like holding up a mirror, allowing them to see themselves a little bit, not in a harsh way, but it's helpful and they accept it because you exercise that authority. But if an individual was to do the same thing, provide that criticism in the former situation based on who that spouse is, maybe it doesn't work. Maybe they shut down and they're discouraged because they feel like they're being criticized, you know, and you can even consider the kids. For instance, my oldest empowering her is the one of the greatest ways I can be an authority figure in her life to literally give her tools, give her the means, and then kind of send her off. While some of my younger ones, like exercising authority means doing it alongside them. That's empowering because they know that this is not something that's left to little people, like cleaning up a certain thing or doing a certain job. Even the adults do this, so they're all the more empowered to engage in that. Because again, that authority is exercised because first, humility took place. Because there was a willingness to learn. There was an, a willingness to accept wrongdoing, wrong thinking, and mishandling former situations. I've mishandled a lot of situations. I have. Again, I've mentioned before, there have been a lot of apologies expressed in this home for me. And there are plenty to come <laughs> in the future. But because there is this acceptance factor, the uh, discomforting moment of being humbled 
And then there is from that point, just a, a greater understanding of what it means to exercise authority in this home from a place of humility. So as we redefine these terms, all of a sudden we can turn them around and see how profitable they are for our roles and how they can be of benefit in our relationships. And another thing that I want to touch on briefly concerning humility is how an absence of humility or when the ego intervenes and all of a sudden we are preserving ourselves for one reason or another, it tends to manifest itself differently in, in men and women. For men, when we're struggling to be humbled or humble ourselves, we tend to move toward demanding respect from our, either our spouse, our children within our home, our, our work environment, whatever that may consist of. But we demand respect opposed to cultivating it. And by cultivating, I mean it's it's given, it's provided first, therefore it's being exemplified, and then we may move toward communicating how we'd like to be treated and therefore respected, and then our behavior from that point is essentially worthy of respect. So that's cultivating respect within our relationships and environments. So for men, when we are struggling with humility, we skip all those steps because it takes time. Those steps, it's, that is a process. It really is. It's a process worthwhile. But cultivating respect is a process. Um, but when we're struggling with humility, we skip all those steps and we just start demanding. And in some of the more unfortunate cases, when a man is struggling in the area of humility and then that's working in conjunction with insecurity and maybe previous exposure to forms of abuse. So it's almost normalized to a degree or at least familiar. Then things can get to a really bad place where literal force is used. There's a lot of, you know, obviously these people are they're scumbags to a degree, but they're also extremely challenged in areas. Any man that's willing to exercise force on either a woman or children has some serious issues and there's no legitimate reason to get to that point. But in those scenarios, I assure you, there's an immense struggle with humility or just really an absolute rejection of humility, potentially. And then the desire for respect becomes distorted, uh, again, working with all these other areas of dysfunction. And this is not an absolute outcome. Some people can be exposed to physical harm and not relay that in future relationships, or they can struggle with humility and how to communicate how they'd like to be respected and not put their hands on people. This is obviously an extreme example. But I'm trying to paint a picture of how far this has gone for people and, you know, also trying to emphasize how important it is for us to vet the people that we end up in a relationship with. And ladies, of course, are capable of these same outcomes. It's just a more familiar behavior in association with men. And on the other hand, what I've found with women, when there is kind of a struggle with humility, there tends to be a lot of value placed on outcomes like what you are capable of, what you're able to achieve or how effective you can be. 
and this stems from a desire to achieve harmony within their relationships women are prone to lean more so or place more value on their relationships like a positive give and take exchange uh, there is a desire to be satisfied in their relationship with other people and for other people to reciprocate that and when a woman is in an environment where there is harmony when there are positive and healthy exchanges between she and her husband she and her children or she and her co-workers in her whatever environment she's in women tend to thrive if there are positive and healthy relationships and the opposite can be true when there is an absence of health and people are dissatisfied especially if that dissatisfaction is expressed or directed toward her and this can produce a combination of things such as discouragement and frustration. And there is also the tendency to place more emphasis on the works, more emphasis on what it is that they are doing. They want to execute more because in all likelihood, as a result of executing and placing more effort into these other areas, then there is the likelihood, the expectation, the hope that the efforts will be recognized, appreciated, and then again, harmony can be achieved within relationships. And this is a real thing. Think about all of the women that whether you've heard of or you know personally, or maybe it's you and you are constantly giving of yourself. And there's this selflessness that we do celebrate. It's great. But at the same time, an individual that does not tend to their personal well-being is probably not doing so great. In fact, the women that do the most tend not to have healthy interpersonal relationships around them. And don't get me wrong, women can definitely work hard and still have healthy relationships around them. The issue is when the emphasis and the value is placed so much on the efforts being made on the to do list on the objectives. And then if those are not fulfilled, then there is the discouragement or the expectation of some type of consequence as if you don't have the grace available to you to make mistakes or have an off day or an off week. And this is obviously a different kind of issue of humility compared to men. But it comes down to knowing what you have to offer, such as your time, the energy that you have, the grace available to you to accomplish whatever it may be, and then being content with that. When you know and you can acknowledge, hey, this is all that I have to offer. I know that there is the to-do list is great. There's so much that's necessary. There's these areas where I could be of influence and of help to my spouse, to my children, to my community. But hey, this is all I got. And then to be content with that, that is humility. The absence of humility is otherwise when we do experience and embrace this intense pressure and that may come from different people and different sources again humility tends to consist of looking someone in their eyes and saying hey sorry that's all i have <laughs> that's all i got 
I wish I could do more, but I, those are all the resources that I had available to me. Being able to literally express that and be content and not embrace that discouragement, not fear someone else's disapproval, the potential consequence of lacking harmony in that relationship. That is just a road that at times women are going to have to walk. And this, again, applies to both men and women. I can definitely relate to this experience. But again, this is something that women frequently experience because of that wiring and predisposition for relationship. So humility is not just this this passive and weak approach to life's circumstances And people that are humble are not just subject to abusive relationships and people that are willing and able to mishandle them. And I feel like this is a really tough one for people because there are a lot of just wonderful humans that have a big heart that aren't necessarily very aggressive naturally or they tend not to assert themselves. And while there is the opportunity to grow in this area, even for myself, I had to grow in my ability to want things and then pursue them to, to have an opinion and then to express it, to assert myself where necessary. So growth is definitely important. But unfortunately, there are a significant number of people that escape humility, that totally want to rearrange their personality type, how they conduct themselves, moving from this meek and kind individual to someone who is a bit more aggressive, someone who is willing to do the mishandling opposed to being mishandled or hurt again. And this does often stem from a previous hurt or constantly being overlooked. For me personally, I came to a point where I hated the phrase nice guys finish last because I realized that I'm a nice guy. And at first, that's all good because I'm like, okay, who doesn't want to be a nice guy? But then I see what other people are getting by being manipulative or being negative and conducting themselves however they please in their relationships and still getting what seemed like profitable outcomes. And I was like, dang it, it's true. Nice guys do finish last. I am now super grateful for it, but I just had a difficult time mishandling relationships and treating people poorly. I had a really hard time (laughs) with doing that. And I know that's a weird thing to say, but like a lot of people start off that way, but they make those transitions where they take it a step further, they go a bit farther, and then all of a sudden they're in this entirely different territory and they don't recognize who they once were. They're no longer the the kind, humble, sweet individual that is in line with their personality type. I personally wanted to escape the meekness that was so closely attached to me, apparently, or in the quote unquote humility that I had. And I'm super grateful that I was not able to escape it entirely. Mistakes were made, but I'm glad that I didn't entirely abandon myself. But a lot of people can't say the same thing. A lot of people moved away from that. And there may be some of you that are in certain environments or relationships and you feel like you're constantly getting the short end of the stick 
because of your personality type. You tend to be a bit more meek, a bit more soft-spoken, maybe. You have a big heart, and you don't understand really why someone would want to harm another or mishandle a relationship. It just doesn't make sense. I definitely suggest growing in assertion, in confidence in your worth, and practicing wanting, and then pursuing your wants, being able to point out issues that may exist in your relationships, and then holding your ground, despite how crazy other people may suggest you are. Because in the end, developing that skill set and that callus is going to help you. And you want to know if you're kind of in that category, if you are unable to ask the waiter to bring out a brand new plate of food when they either get it wrong or there's an issue with your food. Yep, that's you. (laughs) You have this issue. And I was there. And then I married my wife, who is just blunt and ridiculous. And it would actually make me uncomfortable when she would get a new plate of food, have them recook it, or she would just have these requests in business or interpersonal relationships that I felt were just kind of intrusive, just kind of pushing things a little bit too far. But honestly, that's a sign of health. And having that healthy skill set available to us within our interpersonal relationships is all the more important. Because the last thing that you want to do is have your heart hardened and you take those steps and make those decisions that take you from being mishandled to the mishandler, the person that is inflicting the wounds, essentially resulting in you abandoning who you are. So all that to say, humble authority is a very good thing. It is in our best interest to have it operating within ourselves and in our relationships, but it starts with us personally. So again, I suggest you guys define it for yourself. What does functioning in humility look like for you? What does exercising authority consist of for you specifically? I'll give one final example of how this has transpired in my own situation. And I've probably mentioned this before, but I am now the primary contact with my wife's ex concerning our oldest daughter. And that whole thing, that sentence doesn't even make sense, really. And I could not have possibly imagined ever assuming such a role. And while if I'm being 100% honest, I'm still not the biggest fan in the world concerning our dynamic and some of the things that we have to face. Um, I've definitely accepted it, but years prior, early in our marriage, I absolutely hated it. I despised it. I really did for so many reasons. And it's in part because it was humiliating. And I'll actually pull up the Webster's Dictionary for the term humiliate. It means to make someone feel ashamed and foolish by injuring their dignity and self-respect, especially publicly. So why I felt humiliation early on in our relationship, I definitely wouldn't have used that term. But why I experienced this was because there's this other situation going on and I felt like I was subject to much. The idea 
of my wife experiencing something so intimate with another person. It just, you know, it messes with you. So I oftentimes felt foolish and frustrated as my insecurities were being exposed. So years upon years upon years of being humbled, which at times was an excruciating process, allowed me to come to a point where I recognized that this is an area where I can exercise authority as I considered the best interest of my family. This is not a responsibility that I was just super excited to take on, but because of the humility that has transpired in my heart over the years, I have the capacity to do something today that years prior was unfathomable. And I am absolutely celebrating that. I am better for it. Our situation is better for it. My family is better for it. And as you create this culture in your home of humble authority, you will be able to say the same about yourself and your family. I am looking forward to hearing the future celebrations that are to come as a result of adopting and exercising this concept. It is not the easiest thing, but it's one of those things that makes all of the difference. Thanks for listening in, people. Until next time. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you heard something throughout the episode that could make all the difference. Please take a moment to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of that blended goodness. Episodes are up and running on the second and fourth Wednesday of each month. Until then, do not settle for anything less than what's possible.